Hey, welcome to week three. We are the Four Horsemen, uh, talking about power from the novel The Power by Naomi Alderman. Uh, This week we're going to define and classify the experiences of the characters in the novel. I'm Matt Filipowski. I'm Nick Pestichello. I'm Evan Grobesman. And I'm Haley. Um, So Haley, start us off. So this week we're talking about power, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So... Power in Eve's story is rep- represented on how she manipulates the fact that miracles she creates can gain her support from followers in Pestapara. You're talking about Eve, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, she has it revealed that she cured people and their disabilities in front of television. So... Um, with that with the support she had she also gained money which was enough to pay the police off when Mrs. Taylor filed a report and she also manipulate her power to suit her own needs which this deception enables her to maintain a great deal of power as she rises to the level of global religious icon. And then in Margaret's story, she gave Jocelyn a series of reports showing that Ryan has been on extremist websites that talk about organizing terror attacks. Um, her actions also show the power of bias in telling the story because Jocelyn assumes that Margaret is showing her something that is true, but in reality, Margaret gains a lot of power over her daughter in showing her something false. So, Margot and Jocelyn are in a point right now that's they don't have a really healthy relationship because Jocelyn doesn't trust her mother at all. Um, she really can't. She really can't, yeah. she uh, Margot pretty much made Jocelyn break up with her boyfriend, uh, which was all based off of lies, pretty much, or speculation. Um, Just because this guy probably isn't the most masculine man, and yeah, no, didn't feel it was a fit for her daughter. So, Margot told her daughter that he, uh, the kid's name was Ryan, that he was part of some online chatter about um, terrorist groups or bombings or something to go to, to, to fight against these, these women with power. Um, which, whether any part of it was true or not, um, Margot lied to her daughter, and, and in the end, um, Jocelyn found out about it and pretty much became estranged from her mother. Um, so it, it's, it's a really... Uh, unhealthy relationship right now between them, and uh, you know it's it was it wasn't resolved at all throughout the the hundred pages, so we'll we'll see how that changes the, by the end of the novel. Um, but right now it's definitely not in a good place between those two. Um, and, and back to Eve too, uh, you know like Haley was saying, she's using her platform, um, she's on TV to to spread. Uh, the power she has to to show that she can heal people and, and to spread her religion. Um, like for example, that one time where the where that boy Christopher, I think his name Christian. One, or Christian, right? He walks in, 
and he hasn't been able to walk since he was three years old and Eve like blesses him and then he he was able to walk after that. He was able to walk. A great example. And uh, near near that part of the book too, she uh, Eve was talking about how she's done things like that before. Um, some of them permanent or close to permanent, other ones lasting for a little while and, and then fading away. So whether it's just that Eve can't a hundred percent heal everyone like she seems to be able to do, or it's just that she won't to protect something within her religion or her ideals or something. Um, but she is she is using her power and her platform to to push her her religion, um, and it is working. It's worldwide. It's very popular, um, and in all honesty, it's dangerous too. So uh, next. Um, Oh, sorry, actually, too. Uh, Jocelyn ended up going to see Eve um, about her own power. Uh, and that was a, an interesting conversation because the same thing happened between those two where Allie somewhat healed Jocelyn because she was feeling weak. Um, and after, after the meeting, Jocelyn was feeling rejuvenated and, and strong again. So <clears throat> we all know that Margot doesn't trust... Uh, trust Eve's judgments or religion or whatever you want to say about it, but uh, Jocelyn went behind her mom's back and went to go see Mother Eve um, and she healed her, she helped her so it's, that's probably, that's definitely pushing the, the, the boundaries between Margot and, and Jocelyn um, What do we have next? Jocelyn isn't doing too well with her powers she's always had trouble in the past and um she, she tried to get the help that she needed, but I feel like it, it didn't really help too well. This is like an ongoing problem. She ended up making some bad judgment and electrocuting a man, killing him. Yeah, so, uh, so when Jocelyn was back at the North Star camp, um, they definitely turned them into soldiers there. They, they're on patrol. They're protecting the boundaries of the camps. And they've had a few instances where there's been some boundary breaches. They've had to investigate them. And the recent one Jocelyn was involved in, there was a few men who had <clears throat> uh, baseball bats. They took down the generator to knock out the power in the camp. Um, they, they, hit, they connected with the band, one of the girls. They, they got into a, a fight. One of the girls was hurt. Um, in the end, the girls won. And Jocelyn was trying to... Of course. And, and of course, yeah. They're overpowered. Um, and Jocelyn was trying to interrogate uh, one of the men that was attacking. Um, and apparently they all had guns uh, tucked in their shirts. Um, and as Jocelyn was interrogating him, she lost control of her powers and killed him. So the... Uh, Which wasn't like too out of... I guess it, it was kind of predicted. Yeah, there was definitely some... Some, like sort of idea that that was gonna happen, mm-hmm. um, and in the meanwhile, uh, her, the the rest of her um, campmates, you know, they tried to help her cover it up. Sort of, um, they tried to say that oh he pulled a gun on her and and whatnot. Even though mm-hmm. the, the truth was that she just lost control of her powers and killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to, like cover up for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So there's. Uh, 
there's definitely something to worry about with with that. Um, she may lose her control of powers again. She might hurt someone she cares about. So we'll we'll see in the last uh, hundred pages or so what happens with her. Um, what do we have next? Tunde? Tunde? Yeah. Tunde. So, what did he... He met with uh, Marga, and what, what they were talking about, like, what was an interview? Yeah, it was pretty much an interview uh, in Vespara at Tatiana's party she was having. Right. Um, yeah, he was, he was interviewing her uh, about her, you know, recent involvement in the UN, uh, all their, she's on five defense councils now. And why she was even at the party, right? Why, yeah, why, why was she at the party? She's, she's just a, a UN member and, and she's on the council. So in event, like, it came to, to speculation that she was just there to kind of report back to the US um, to, to make sure there was no involvement needed um, in Vespara, which right now there hasn't been. Um, but yeah, so they, they Everyone at one point or another met up at Tatiana's party. Uh, you know, Margot, Tunde, Roxy, Eve, they were all there. Um, and that's kind of, that was definitely a big, a big part of the uh, 100 pages we just read because a lot broke off from that party. Um, you know, after, after the party, Tunde stayed in Besapara, um, where Tatiana actually... Uh, brought about new rules for the country. Um, about the men? The, yeah, the rules for the men. There's a lot of new rules for the men that I'm sure they did not enjoy much. Not at all. So, some of the rules are no man may take money or other possessions out of the country. Men are no longer permitted to drive cars. Men are no longer permitted to own businesses. Men are no longer permitted to gather together, even in a home larger than three, without a woman present. And that's the interesting aspect of this. They're, they're giving them some things to do, but they're making sure the women are the alpha of this whole, the whole rules and, and everything. It's crazy now, like, the, the roles have just been completely exactly. reversed in, like, so many different ways that they bring into the, to the book. Completely flipped. Uh, another huge thing, obviously, back in... Hundred years ago, maybe before that, um, women weren't allowed to to vote at all, and now the last rule was men are no longer permitted to vote. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah, there's have just going backwards flipped. at this point. There, there's yeah. been a huge change, and and with these, you know, uh, like Nick said, there's mo- most of the rules men can do limited things, but even those they can't do without women present or giving them permission. So that caused a huge problem for Tunde because he wants to stay in Besapara to keep reporting. Um, and he, he tries to travel around, take pictures, and he tries to send out one of his reports, and it gets blocked by whatever Tatiana's used to prevent stuff like that from leaving the country. So he uh, travels throughout the country to keep reporting, and later on in, in these last 100 pages, he ends up uh, moving through the country to um, a little village, and while he was trying to get there, he was being chased by a woman with power. Um, she was out of control. She was out of control. She was extremely threatening. Um, so it's it's definitely become a, a dangerous place for men now. Um, the women kind of getting what they they wanted and planned from the start. 
I'm honestly surprised it took this long, but they they completely took away these men's rights. And what can these men really do about it? They they know when they retaliate, they just die or get severely hurt. They these women are extremely powerful, and the, some of them can't control their powers, which they know is even more dangerous. And others are kind of smart with it and could just like hurt people. So they know they can't do too much to um, prevent like all this from happening. They kind of have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that brings us back now to Roxy from uh, from the the party Tatiana was hosting. Um, I think she's going through the the most change these last hundred pages. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it started through a lot. It, it started back when she was uh, with her family, running the the glitter the glitter business, um, and she was with um, her half brother's mom, um, where her her half brother who was supposed to take up the the mantle of the leader of the the glitter business was uh, severely injured by a woman with power, so. Uh, her stepmom, or stepmom, I guess you can call her, uh, gave Roxy the the contacts and pretty much handed her the business instead of giving it to the the, the son who was hurt. So with those contacts, she ended up doing some research and found one of the men who was involved with the murder of her true mom, um, and she tracked him down and ended up killing him. Who, before she killed him, he told her that. It wasn't uh, Primrose who had her mom killed. It was actually her own father, Bernie Monk. So that uh, that was a huge revelation. Um, I was honestly, I I saw that coming as it was approaching. Um, but yeah, that was that was a huge revelation. So as as you can assume, she uh, she retaliated. Um, Roxy. Oh. She, after she after she found out that uh that her her own father had her mother oh, killed. Oh. Right. She was just furious. She was furious, and then they marched right over to where. So Roxy ended up going back um back to Britain after hunting down this man, and she found her father, um and he she approached him with it, and he said that her mother was, was found awful. out to be um. Uh, handing over secrets or, or, or spying on the monk uh, family for Primrose, so that's why he had her killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he tried to justify it, and he he knew that there was a good chance that Roxy was just going to kill him, but surprisingly, in the end, Roxy decided not to. Um, yeah, she, she but she took business. she did take over the glitter business. Um, and personally, I thought she should have killed him, and in the end, she definitely should have because it ended up butting her in the butt. Um, and with that, you know, it's kind of really like shocking, like some of her judgment in the past, and then she decides not to kill him when there's like a big issue there. Obviously, she could, she had the, she could have like made the judgment to kill him, and it kind of would have made sense in that scenario. But yeah, I feel like she would have wanted him to like feel that like pain of having to think about all. Think about it for the rest of his life that she True. killed her daughter's mother. True. So. Even so, it would have been more. It would have been tougher for him to live with that. 
um, she her deciding not to kill him was the wrong choice in the end because when she was at Tatiana's party, um, she was uh, investigating something Daryl told her to look into, and when she got to her her destination. She was knocked out and captured by who ended up being Daryl and her father who betrayed her. Um, when she woke up, she was on an operating table and her skin was being removed. Um, and once it was, she was still breathing somehow. She survived. She had to go through all that, that pain and all that surgery and cutting into her. She actually talked about vividly remembering them cutting into her skin and into her collarbone. And she she started to feel numb eventually with all that blood pouring out of her and so much pain. The body, I guess, the adrenaline and all that just, just numb. naturally numbed itself. Exactly, and um, she, she started to realize midway through what they were doing. And at first she really didn't know and it was just kind of a vicious attack. Just cutting into a woman that was actually alive still. And it, they, she ended up realizing what they were doing real quick, and it's just kind of horrible to do that to someone, especially since she was aware of what was going on, and she felt it. So uh, when, once they removed uh, the, the skin from her, they ended up implanting it in, uh, in Daryl, and as they were doing that, um, you know, some things were going wrong with it, and it gave her a chance to escape, and she ended up leaving um, and getting out through into the woods where she was lost, um, and uh, later in the last hmm, 20 pages or so, it came back to Daryl, who was talking to, to Bernie, and they said it was two months, and they hadn't found her, so they presumed she was dead, um, which, you know, I, I, I highly doubt myself. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really curious to see what happens with Roxy now. Um, and Daryl's now running that glitter business, yeah. and uh, you know it's not going too well. They they just lost a shipment. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see how he can do running that business. With Roxy's story, we should also talk about Ricky, where um at the beginning, at the beginning of the Roxy chapter, um Ricky. One of the characters was also involved where his story was the other girls that had power sex, um, sexually ass- Can I say that word? Assaulted. Yeah, assaulted or raped him. And his story tells us that he experienced the harm that women, typically women, in contemporary society frequently experienced at the hands of men. And power is involved because the gender power dynamics of women and men have been flipped. So this this scene, his story, is meant to like t- to tell us that crimes like this shouldn't become normalized for any gender at all. So yeah, that, that just goes to show the, the entire power of switch in, uh, in society, in the book. So um, it's kind of like weird to think about it in like that kind of way, but like, 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been a, a huge change, and um, you know, we we have less than 100 pages left, and uh, it's there's definitely a lot going on. A lot needs to be wrapped up, and it's it's interesting to see what will happen. Yeah. So, to see where this book started, and then where we're at now, on page 300. I, I would have never predicted half the stuff to happen, but no. these women are just kind of playing it smart with, I, in a way, with the way they have their powers and making it a huge thing and getting um, getting the rights and powers that they, they've been wanting, I guess, for years. And they're using their powers to their advantage and making it so men are at a disadvantage and ha- don't have the same rights as the women do now. And the women are the alphas. Yeah. So you know, it's an entire power switch. Exactly. So that's uh, that's week three on the power. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. Or the four horsemen. Yeah. So we are the four horsemen, and in this week podcast, we are answering the essential question: What is the relationship between gender, gender identity, and power? I'm Haley. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Nick. So for this week, uh, question, like Haley said, what is the relationship between gender slash gender identity and power? Um, well, uh, I think the the most commonly talked about thing will be the reversal of the gender identity and power. Yeah. Uh, in standard society, throughout history, we've had uh, women being oppressed and um, being put at a disadvantage with men having all the power, men making the decisions, men being the focal point of society and, and leading uh, pretty much every aspect of life. Um, but for the book, it's uh, it reversed, you know? I mean, you can talk about I that. I mean, life is kind of based off stereotypes in a lot of ways. Everything you do is always a stereotype. And, um, and we'll go back a few hundred years, stereotype was um, women have to stay in the kitchen and cook for the children and the family. Take care of the family. Exactly. Can't go out much. They're not the ones making the money in the family. Yep. It's it's all the men. The men have to go out, do all the the hard work, quote unquote. And um, even back then, they gotta they gotta work all day and then come back and then the women prepare the food for them and that's kind of the stereotype back then. And nowadays, it's gotten a little better. Women can um, work make their own money and um, be independent on their own. But, of course, there's still um, downsides to everything. And, 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 and with that, women, yes, do have a lot more um, potential and, and rights and opportunity today. Um, but there's st- they're still far from equality. Um, you know, the, the pay differential is still, I think, about 20 cents on the dollar. Um, you know, the, the job opportunities themselves, there's still the, the hard working, the hard labor stuff left to the men. Um, but there, there are changes being made and they will continue to be made, um, and benefit for the woman. Um, like the women, the women have all the power now, like physical power. Exactly. It's really like whoever has the physical power kind of controls. So yes, in in the book, um, the women are given legitimate strength. Uh, physical power to overpower overpower the men and you know take what they want do what they want and nothing can be done about it another stereotype is that um, 
physical strength is usually associated with men, but Alderman flips the current power dynamics in this book, where she allows women to have um, physical dominance by having power over men, and that men have to fight for themselves with extremist groups, which reflects to the real world where women have to fight for their own rights in this book, men have to fight for themselves. Yeah, and like, um, what, uh, going off of what Haley was saying with um, the physical strength and how it's a stereotype that men are always stronger. Like, I go to this gym and um, there's this woman there that's jacked. Like, she is huge and she's outlifting a lot of the guys there and a lot of the guys go up to her and just asking her for advice and stuff, so. It's definitely a stereotype, and it's not always true. Like, based off physical um, appearance and stuff like that. But mental strength, too. Like, well, women are a lot of the time stronger mentally than some men. So I think uh, overall, the, the relationship between gender identity and power, um, today's world, men have the power. Um, in this book, it was totally reversed, where women are given the legitimate physical power and end up taking societal power, doing what they want, how they please, and no one can stop them. Like the women just got this like new power, so they don't really know how to like how to use it properly. Like, yeah. They they kind of like overuse it per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to control it. Yeah. It's just all new to them and. When you get something new to you like that, where especially you, power, like yeah, the power, you want. exactly, like um, it's just a lot for them to handle, and they're, it's just like if you get you find a hundred dollars on the ground, are you just gonna like like oh I'm gonna save that or just go spend it right away? You, you don't really know what to right do. So, Look, I, I think that also com- uh, comes with experience. Right, when, right. you know, back in history when society started evolving to somewhat of what it is today there were a lot of mistakes made uh and men were in charge as it's commonly seen now um and they they made a lot of mistakes you know there there was a lot of deaths there was a lot of things that kept uh, society back from evolving earlier on than it did but because of the experience they made today those things are limited and, and happen less and less. And that's kind of what's going on with the women in this book. They are given the power and they start to do things with that. And in the early days of that power, they've made mistakes. They've you know shown people who they shouldn't have shown and that led to some of them and a lot of them being killed or, or, or taken and put in camps yeah. and, and whatnot and used for their power, which eventually women were making a society of their own within those camps using that power and outside of it. There was the whole... Mother Eve uh, debacle going on where she made her own religion yeah. mm-hmm. and she at the end of the book was leading the war path for these these extremists who were you know trying to take over the world give women the power and the fact that she had like that much power where she can just say alright I'm gonna make a religion like mm-hmm. that and have tons of women following her like nothing is pretty pretty crazy Eve started out as Allie, as, as this little girl who was bouncing around from, from home to home, mm-hmm. trying, trying to make her own life. And once the power came to her, there was no turning back. And in her attempt to become this Mother Eve figure, she made a lot of mistakes of her own. But she made it through, and she became 
that leading figure for the war and with the book ending there's no uh no limits to what she could possibly do yeah. like some some of these girls are using their power they're, they're all using it in different ways kind of um some women are using it in a bad way just like hurting killing people and others are like making it a positive thing yeah. they're kind of abusing their power in a way it's, it's like the president also like they'll they abuse their power but some will do great with it it's more just like, so they abuse than yeah. do good with mm-hmm. but that's right. like that's the case in like today's society like if somebody has power and they know that they can do whatever they want like their choices could like veer off from the right path exactly and i think that also comes back to the relationship between the the gender and and the power because women haven't had power They've been mm. at the ex- exact opposite of the of the seesaw. They've been oppressed. They've been being put at a disadvantage. So now with this power, why wouldn't they want to, in a sense, abuse it, do whatever they want? I mean, essentially, it's been being abused against them for all throughout history. Yeah, they they have had hundreds of years of um, oppression, right? Yeah. And uh, now they're seeing that. Hey, I got a little. I have a big advantage over these men. And they can't really do much about it. <laughs> they could run at me with a bat, but it, it doesn't take much for me to just shock them. Right. So they see what they can do, and they just get, they see a big, like, the bigger picture from it. They're now in control. And um, it's just, ba- it's like the society that we're in now. Like, men are in control, but now the, the roles are flipped. With the gender, Reversal. We all. This book also give us another perspective on how the inequalities um, that society has come to tolerate because they have been normalized for so long. Like when Ricky was raped, um, it shows. A, it provides a parallel that demonstrates how sexism in today's societies enables violence, often sexual violence, um, by men against women. Um, So um so yeah after that that just adds to the the reversal of power the the power women now have um it, it goes along with how commonly seen women are are being sexually assaulted um by men and now with this reversal of power in the book it that itself reverses too late in the book um there was a big fight out by the camp um and Many many women stormed it and captured, abused, and and killed many men. Um, so that just goes to show and, and add to the the relationship and of gender identity and power and, and the entire switch between it all. And like, one woman was like shocking a man's genitals, like torturing them. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. Yeah, so it, it just goes to show the the change in power and the abusement of the new power that women are given. Um, like it could happen in regular society, it it does happen, not very often for a woman to rape a man, but like it's just more common in this book mm-hmm. that they could take advantage. And you you saw that you read the scene where, where um where he was talking about where she was shocking his his genitals, like the women were kind of cheering, and I, whatever they were getting out of it, of course wasn't right, but they. They've seen the years of like the opposite roles, so 
they had fun doing it, I guess. Yeah. Sadly. They they took the chance they had to abuse their power, definitely not for the good. Um, and, you know, I mean, I want to say who can blame them, but because def- what they did definitely wasn't right. Um, but it's kind of... Just it's, years of, of this... Um, it's just years of building up. Yeah, oppression building up, and now it all happened so quick, and they're just going crazy. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's our last week using the book uh, The Power by Naomi Alderman. Um, Great times. Yeah, uh, that was our podcast for The Four Horsemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.